the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Pretty positive day. S&P, Dow Jones Industrial Average, both reach all-time intraday highs. Something goofy is going on in Russia. Uh, Putin essentially trying to consolidate power and choose a new government. Um, I, there, there's nothing I could say at this time that'll make that make help with anything to do with investing. Oil, not doing much. So the whole Iran-U.S. oil tension premium is gone for now. Gone. That's dramatic, isn't it? It's gone. It's over. Larry Ellison had a a pretty good investment. This one kills me. It's a stock I wish I could figure out how to own. I can't. It's Tesla. But Larry Ellison had faith in Tesla and his friend Elon Musk. So Larry Ellison bought 3 million shares of the company when he joined their board back in December 2018. Stakes worth about a billion dollars at that time. Now it's worth $1.6 billion. Not a bad two or three year return, right? Uh, who knows if he's going to sell or what the process is, but I can't figure out how to own that stock. I want to, but I can't figure it out. So I'm just throwing that out there for you. 800 516 1220 to get calls on the air. Uh, I should throw this in, too. The Russell 2000 made a 52-week high yesterday. A positive sign for the broader market. Small caps have been a chronic underperformer. And we tend to see who's leading the market and who's lagging the market. It's not a scenario where we want everyone to win. But small cap companies do represent the U.S. economy pretty well. Um... And that's out there. So Nintendo announced building a video game-based theme park at Universal Studios in Osaka, Japan. And these are all going to be coming. The company described the project as life-size living video game. I, I don't know what to make of that. The park is set to open before the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. More parks are planned. One for L.A., Orlando, Singapore. Who's that a shot at? Nintendo Land? And somehow you're going to be able to earn gold coins while you're at it. I don't quite know the concept, and I don't know. Maybe it's too goofy. But that's a shot at Disney, right? Disney kind of has this monopoly on theme parks where we go to and our kids must have. Ma'am, I must have a cotton candy. Um, taking a look at the stories of the day. Stock market hits new intraday highs. Yay! Happy days are here again. 
just remember this time because there will be a point when the market's down 10, 20, 30%. U.S. China is going to send a phase one trade deal. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Relative strength in the defensive oriented sectors. That's interesting. Defensive like utilities and healthcare. In theory, real estate. Um, when do we tend to invest in healthcare and utilities? It's when the stock market looks kind of choppy or the economy looks kind of choppy or wonky. Whatever word you want to use. We're all different people, so you have different vocabularies. But um, we're melting up right now. And yet again today, we're doing the defensive names like utilities and healthcare. I don't know what to make of that. So I will stew on that one. Elsewhere out there, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Target, their holiday sales update. Wasn't great. What's interesting is the stock's up 80 plus percent in a year. So it's down 6% in one day. And you would think the story is that Walmart and Amazon are going to put Target out of business. Not so much. Not so fast. I own no shares of Target, except for through S&P 500 funds. Um, and I don't think I own it in the other funds, but that's out there. Bank of America shares cool off after company deposits another earnings beat. I CEOs doing a good job at Bank of America. Uh, CEO at Wells Fargo, stock I own, uh, not doing a great job. Bank of America generated $0.74 cents per share, way better than the earnings, uh, way better than expected. So, uh, robust growth of 86% in fixed income. Global market revenues increased 10%. Bank of America's 25% growth for fixed income, currencies, and commodities. These are some pretty good numbers. But again, it's when did you buy it? When did you think about Bank of America? And... Eh, Financials, they're good. So, will they benefit from a stable economy? The Federal Reserve not seeing a lot of inflation. Back to the China trade deal, agriculture. There's a big old chapter of agriculture set up in the agreement. And uh, some of the expectations for what China's going to step up and buy, it seems to be a bit of a stretch. Um... So, we'll see. <laughs> um, some good agricultural stocks, maybe like a deer, a BG, uh, CF. So the financials are getting some of the business transactions as well. But again, this is only phase one, and we'll see. Uh, I, I want to get the tone before I get excited. I want to hear the tone. Um, Uber. Goldman Sachs has sold its stake in Uber. And the CEO, the original founding CEO of Uber, he too is completely out of the stock. So when a company's private, uh, you don't really care about that kind of information. But when you hear that Goldman Sachs has sold its entire stake in Uber, the company comes public and basically underperforms. You would have thought that Goldman Sachs wanted better performance, right? Or would have gotten better performance. Uh, but now Goldman Sachs was an early, early investor in Uber. 
so they're out. Who's going to own Uber down the road? I saw a terrible note on Lyft the other day. A research note basically saying it's going down 50%, 40 to 50%. And I was just like, whoa, that's a pretty aggressive call. Excuse me. I had to wet the whistle. I don't even know what that means. Um, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, one interesting thing to come out of the China trade deal. Trump administration getting people out. Steve Mnuchin, Larry Kudlow talking to the big financial media stations. Kudlow let it drop that, you know, as part of the re-election process, Trump's going to try to get another tax cut for the middle class. Um, how did that last tax cut go? I wish there was a better way of us looking at it and saying, okay, we got what we wanted, or that wasn't what we expected. But there's not going to be a recession in 2020. Our economy is too strong, too many jobs. It's going to be an interesting year with elections and with the economy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Palo Alto. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, chatting with Coach Sendak, your Santa Clara Broncos basketball report. It's now time for a check-in with our partners at Santa Clara Basketball. For this week's chat with Coach Sindek, here's the voice of the Broncos, Anthony Passarelli with Coach. Welcome to the Chatting with Coach Sendek show when we talk with Santa Clara Broncos head men's basketball coach, Coach Sendek, brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Heffernan Insurance, because you're different. Heffernan, a proud partner of Santa Clara Athletics. All right, Coach, Broncos 2-1 uh, and one, heading into the weekend. Before we look forward to number one Gonzaga tomorrow in Spokane, let's look back at a weekend where the Broncos went into USF, had a tough outcome, unable to get the victory, but then turned it around against, as everybody knows, a longtime rival in St. Mary's, and pick up a one-point win on the road. That uh, runs the gamut of emotion in just a couple of days for you, doesn't it? Well, it's uh, college basketball in a nutshell. It it certainly is uh, a roller coaster at times, um, but our guys did a great job of responding and I thought played with great toughness and poise on Saturday. Different players step up at different times, and while you might win a game in November with one player providing most of the points and rebounds, just a couple of games later you might have somebody else contributing. Joseph Brankich, not only with the basket in the final minute to give the Broncos the lead, but a 22-point game, and he seemed to be the one putting Santa Clara on its shoulders in Moraga. Yeah, you know, I, I think everybody has a job, and everybody has a role, and you, you win together and you lose together, and, you know, I think the temptation is to try to uh, always attribute credit and to attribute blame. That's what we do as as human beings. And uh, I think when you really look at the way we played Thursday, man, we all own that, you know. And even though some guys may have played better than others and some guys may have fulfilled their roles better than others. And then on Saturday, um, even though you can easily identify any number of individuals who did good things, and to your point, Yosef was just tremendous. Man, it, it took everybody. 
Now, the Broncos will be taking on Gonzaga Bulldogs, number one team in the country, tomorrow up in Spokane. And the good news for Santa Clara is this is an environment that's not new to a lot of these players. A lot of these players saw this environment last year. How much does that help them, if at all? I think it it helps, but I'd say we probably have more guys who haven't seen it than have seen it again. But it's still amazing to me that, you know, when you look at the experience quotient of our team, Yosef is the only guy in the program who's actually playing his third season for us. So, you know, they've been highly ranked every year we've played them. But on Thursday night, we go in and they're ranked number one. So they can't be any higher than that. Broncos and the Gonzaga Bulldogs, number one team in the country. That'll be tomorrow at 8 o'clock right here on AM 1220 KDOW. Coach, thanks a lot. Thank you. Listen to our weekly chats with Santa Clara head men's basketball coach Herb Sendick. Wednesday mornings at 822 on AM 1220 KDOW. Brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Heffernan Insurance, because you're different, visit them at heffins.com. That's H-E-F-F-I-N-S.com. There's so much we could talk about. I'm Rob Black. I've been doing financial radio for well over 20 years now. Whoa. And I feel old. I try to show you things that I've seen and help as best as I can. PG&E, for instance, is showing us that utilities used to be boring. Used to be easy dividend money for widows and orphans. Not so much now. It wasn't that long ago when my grandpappy sat me down on his knee and said that he saw utilities as safe, boring, and modestly profitable. A lot of people get mad at companies like PG&E for burning down California for the lives that have been lost. But keep in mind that at one point in time, they helped penny-saving retirees, penny-pension retirees, Get a good, good income. So things began to change heavily in the 1990s with deregulation of the utility companies. A lot of deregulation. You could probably say Clinton was, Bill Clinton was the president that helped deregulate quickly the phone monopolies. Um, and then there's a kind of re-regulation where they all split up and they all kind of start to get back together on some levels. Uh, but deregulation is a big thing. California's largest utility owner plans to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy now. Rooftop solar panels, global warming, burning up the forests. It's not a safe sector anymore. It's not for grandma. It has absolutely become more complicated to invest in utilities. When I heard that you can get solar and sell it back to the utility company, I'm like, woohoo, I'm going to become a millionaire. I'm going to make so much sun on my roof that uh, I, I, I just sit back and get fat and wealthy. Well, I'm fat-ish. I call myself Big Boned or Chunky. Not necessarily fat, but you might call me fat. I don't know. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm totally digressing. Utilities that invested heavily in giant nuclear and coal plants have found themselves saddled with you know, mounting costs. Nuclear was the cheapest energy source for quite a while. Except for when it went wrong, it went really, really wrong. South Carolina, they had a company called Scanna. Um, It was a pretty big utility, biggest utility in South Carolina. Spent nine years working to expand a nuclear power plant, and then it pulled the plug on it. 
not exactly the way they, the way they wanted it play out, right? You said nine years investing twenty billion plus dollars, and you're still not there. Ooh. So you can see that utilities have changed, right? I think global warming is literally changing the landscape for utilities with hotter summers, making wildfires more common. California has strict liability laws, meaning power companies can be held responsible for fire damages. That means much more financial risk. PG&E has explicitly said that if they have to clear every tree from above a power line, costs will go up by about five times. So look at your utility bill. Let's say mine was $250 last month. I don't want to pay $1,200 a month. But when 86-plus people died in the campfire, someone has to pay for those funerals, and someone has to pay for those those claims. And the company used to be modestly profitable. They're not rolling in dough, although I'm not going to get into that conversation because some people are like, have you seen the executive vice president of PG&E has a Lamborghini? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. KDOW Traffic. This report is sponsored by Mercury Insurance. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. We're in earnings season. We're also in trade deal signing season. I find the whole baseball story about stealing signs just to be incredibly boring. I know, I know. It's sexy when you say the World Series manager from 2018 and 2017 both got fired. How can that be boring? Eh, it's not my thing. So, um, sports. Eh, I'm fine with people going to sports and enjoying sports. I just want you to fund your retirement first. Because when you're 60, you're not going to have that option to do a do-over. SP 500 gained almost 28% in 2019. There is a wonderful magazine that I like reading on weekends. Uh, you'd call it a newspaper magazine. I don't know. A rag. Uh, called Barron's. It's, I, I think it's a great gift to someone. Um, I was a kid who loved getting mail. Listen to this craziness. I used to love getting mail so much. I would write letters to Green Bay Packers. Yes, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. I grew up in Turkey and Germany and Greece. I grew up overseas. So it's weird, my sports affiliations. I used to write letters to Green Bay Packers. and like, dear Lynn Dickey, my name is Rob Black. I'm in third grade. And, uh, the Packers would send me like stickers and like signed pictures and stuff. And to find out their address, you'd have to like buy a football magazine. This is pre-internet. This is pre-pre-internet, right? So you'd have to buy a sports magazine and find out where they, to send it to. 
But as a kid, I loved getting mail. I think if you get someone Barron's, I think it's a, it comes every Friday, Saturday. Heaven, heaven. And you can go to the mailbox and touch it. I love it. I don't know about you, but I'm all about that. Um, plus, I like Barron's because it's, it's kind of negative and kind of positive. And I love that non-biased. It's not like everything goes up all the time. It will tell you what could go wrong with the stock. And I like that. So at the start of every year, they do what's called a roundtable. And these are the who's who in business finance and investing. And they say, come up with some, I think it's like five names is the basic idea. Or what are your best ideas? Um, and in a year when the market's up 28%, it's going to be tough to be an overall winner. Abby Joseph Cohen, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, she liked New Oriental Education and Technology Group. Now, again, I've never heard of this one. <laughs> New Oriental Education and Technology Group. Okay, you get, you hear, you know, Oriental Education? Like, is this a school? Is this an app? What is this? Um, that was, stock was up 114% when the market was up 28%. Not too shabby. Northrop Grumman up 40.8% when the market was up 28%. Winner. Uh, Tapestry, TPR, down 17%. So you win some, you lose some. Uh, in one that makes me want to do a little bit more research, the iShares Global Clean Energy Index, ticker symbol iClean, I-C-L-N, I-C-L-N. I, for some, that's kind of a fun ticker. Oh, that was up 40% last year. So what is global clean energy? Is it a trend that's going to go away? I doubt. Um, so I might do a little research on that one. So I'll use their best ideas list to kind of figure out what I'm missing sometimes and fill in some of the holes of my uh, vision, investment vision. Vail Resorts was up 13.4% last year. Vail Resorts. Oh, I, I'm not... An expert, uh, but I did some research on Vail recently, just for this, the purpose of the show. Skiing's expensive. Your hobbies are expensive. Is, is going to be this the story? But Vail is the most expensive ski resort in the nation. Just to get on a lift every day, one hundred and sixty bucks. Whew. That's that's something. <laughs> now it's again, it's pretty heavenly, right? It's no heavenly, but it is Vail Resorts, and they own mountains. And that's a good, that's luxury. I, like when you go skiing, you're throwing down a thousand, two thousand dollars, right? As an investment, don't you always say? Have you heard that commercial? Don't you want to be on the bank's side of the fence? Don't you want to be on the Vale Resort side of the fence? But it didn't perform well in an up market. So that tells me. Let's think of it more long term, maybe. Are there is there competition to Vail? Like, is there are they making more mountains? Are they are they lowering prices? Is a recession priced in? How about an act of terrorism? A couple of years ago, when nine eleven happened, people started extrapolating of what industries would get hit, other than the obvious ones like airlines. If people don't want to fly; they're not going to fly to the Vail. Is the idea? You see how that kind of links? Um, I remember. After 
I was on the air for five hours that morning. But that night, I had enough sense to say to a caller, I did five hours in the morning. I did a three-hour show at night. Maybe it was a four-hour show. It was 6 to 10 or 6 to 9 p.m. I think it was 6 to 10 or 7 to 10. So it was probably three hours. Um, But I said someone called in, and she was crying. And she said, you know, I'm afraid to go out. I said, best thing, because I knew her. She had a beautiful, beautiful, perfect daughter. Like, good student, charitable giver. Like, just well-rounded, could talk to adults, could talk to kids. And uh, it was actually kind of cute, because her daughter, Lisa, used to make cassette tapes of my show and sell them. And I'm, I'm pro that. I think that's the coolest thing. If you could figure out a little business. And uh, she pulled in a couple thousand dollars. I know you're saying, wow, Rob, you sold a couple thousand dollars of, of your shows. <laughs> I know, right? But um, I said, go out with your daughter, go shopping. And her daughter went to, like, uh, I want to say Columbia. She went to one of the, the better schools in the nation. And uh, I'd like to figure out what, whatever happened to her. Because she was there 25 years ago. Uh, she'd call the station, tell my program director how great I was. I'm like, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but she's grown up now. I'd love to see where, where she landed. But, um, yeah, so, like, maybe we don't fly is the idea. You know, the best thing you can do if there's ever terrorism is go out and spend money. best thing you can do for an area hit by terrorism or a natural disaster is go to that area and visit it. Spend some money there. That's what I try to do. Uh, Jeff Gunlock was on Barron's Picks. And uh, he's usually a pretty, like, he's a pretty spot-on investor. Uh, but it's tough to beat the market when the market's up 28%. He picked the iShares, Morgan Stanley, Country Index, Emerging Markets, EEM. That's one that I own. It was only up 16% last year. Now, again, only 16%. That's not bad. I'm sorry, but that's not bad. Um, but the market was up 30, 28%, right? Uh, Vanguard Short-Term Federal uh, Bond Fund. He went with some crazy safety. So not volatile, but 4% returns. For a short-term bond fund, it's nice. It's nice, but it doesn't compare to 28%. Uh, but yeah, so I pick up Barron's uh, Roundtable every year, and it is, it's like 20 pages where they sit around and chew the fat. Got to watch my words carefully. <laughs> chew the fat, like, uh-oh. Mixed metaphors can sometimes destroy you. Um, but they chew the fat and they print everything that they're saying. Like Scott Black is one of my favorite. No relationship. Uh, he had one pick last year. Kemet. Uh, KEM up 44.7%. So props, right? Props. Uh, some people on this list, uh, Mario Gabelli. Mario Gabelli. Um... Uh, he was the bomb when I started investing 25 years ago. One of the things I did was I, I found the fund managers that I respected the most. And I used to get, and this is, this is a crazy memory. I haven't thought about this in years. I used to, to get shares of 20 mutual funds just so they would write me and send product to me. Because I wanted to figure out what they were trying to do. So, like, for instance... A Mario Gabelli fund, he's very, very big into fixed income and safety. Um, he's not, he doesn't play games. He doesn't speculate. 
But to get that annual letter and to get the quarterly update of holdings, top 10 holdings, and to see where they saw opportunity, you can get a lot of information out of a mutual fund prospectus. And you can get a lot of information out of a mutual fund where the fund manager writes a letter to shareholders every year. A lot of information. Some good reading. I wonder if I would do that again if I had to start all over. 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Jeremy Siegel is one of those people that I used to follow closely. and I guess I still do. Professor of Finance at the Wharton School of Business. Um, he talks economies. And he's one of those kind of celebrity economist professors. So he gets out there and talks about the housing market. gets out there and talks about the stock market. He thinks the stock market goes higher. Um, that's part of his Barron's roundtable output. Um, he does not think the market's undervalued, but he thinks the market goes higher. Um, so he's expressing a kind of a, a euphoria of a melt-up, which isn't the best rally. In theory, you want your rallies based out of... How would you say this? In theory, you want your rallies based out of earnings growth, revenue growth, new product, great management. Not necessarily a euphoric melt-up with high valuations. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. A little ahead in the heart. Crisscrossed in the wrong direction. That's a painful one, huh? When you meet someone and you lose a step and you kind of go the different ways. The head of the heart, I find them interesting. Just the sound-wise. I listen to a lot of music. I do a lot of reading, a lot of studying on Wall Street. I listen to a lot of music. The head and the heart. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Markets are melting up right now. That's the phrase that we kind of like to use when you have the S&P 500 up for six days in a row. Six days in a row of hitting records. That's impressive. But meh, I'm a little, uh, looking at it, a little leery. Iran's Rouhani said, danger tomorrow, making veiled threats to the United States and European Union troops in the Middle East. Iran is going to flare up again, in my opinion. I'm not a politician. I just look at the history of the Middle East of 2,000 years, and I kind of assume that they were throwing sticks and stones at each other at one point. Now, it maybe bombs at some point again, like a big one? Eh? Question mark? So Iran will spark up again, and it will cause you to get stressed about the stock market. It's not the first time. It's not the last time. Russia will pop up again. China will pop up again. This trade deal will get renegotiated sometime, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or they'll be cheating. OPEC is notorious for cheating. The oil, petroleum exporting countries, they, they get together and they robble, and they say, robble, robble, robble. Let's, let's pump 1.2 million barrels a day, and they're like, Someone will slip in Kuwait or somebody, usually a smaller country, like, well, we're actually going to flood the market with a couple extra barrels so we can make a little more money. Hmm. 
elsewhere out there. Microsoft released a patch for Windows 10 yesterday. Threw a lot of people's computers off. But they had to because the National Security Agency found that there had been kind of like a, pa- a flaw that was going to be big. I bring this one up because back in the 1990s when I was investing, companies like Microsoft or Intel could just put out a press release. We've seen our browser downloaded more than any other browser. Ching! Stock would go up 10% on the press release. The United States government's now talking about economic data and how they release information. And they're not going to give it to the media outlets uh, to disseminate the information first and to kind of get it out on a controlled speed uh, so that everyone has a fair chance of knowing. Uh, So our current government's trying to deregulate some industries, and one of them is information releases on Wall Street. And I think that's a bad thing to um, just let a few key people know and then drop the bomb on the market creates incredible efficiencies. But yeah, Microsoft, eh, this Windows 10 security flaw, no one's probably talking about it. It's not going to be on the news. But that used to be a big thing that can move a stock higher or lower. Just the press release. Nectar Therapeutics withdrew its application for its opioid painkiller designed to treat chronic low back pain. The move comes after the FDA panel unanimously voted against recommending the drug's approval. Drug approval's tricky. Uh, It's a process. You have to get a lot of data, a lot of statistics correct. Um, So back in the 1990s, because people were trying to come up with genetic drugs and moving from molecular science to genetics. Uh, there was a lot of companies that started running studies for small biotech companies that had a chemical and development or a, uh, kind of a developing drug pipeline. So a lot of these companies you could invest in, like all they did was run trials and they would go to 20 biotech companies and say, you don't know how to do this. We run trials for a business. And the biotech company goes, they're kind of right. We got all these great scientists, but so sometimes there's a little offshoot of little businesses. Viacom CBS has reportedly hired George Cheeks, the vice chairman of Comcast NBC Universal Contest Studios, to fill a senior executive role. Success or failure starts at the top. Uh, earlier this week, I was talking about uh, Japan's going to be making a new theme park. Basically, it's a world of Nintendo. (laughs) And they want to get it ready for the Olympics. So that when people come over and try to figure out what to do, they're like, oh, what's... They want to create a side hustle to compete with Disney. I like like the idea. Success or failure starts at the top. It's like the head of HBO, Plepler. When Time Warner bought AOL Time Warner, HBO owns Time, Time Warner owns HBO... Uh, Plepler was the guy who did Sex in the City. Plepler was the guy who did The Sopranos. Plepler was the guy who did every great show on, on HBO. And he quit when AT&T took over the company. And people were like, ooh, I wonder who's going to be the next head of HBO. And this is kind of important stuff because HBO Max is coming. And they need more content. When Game of Thrones ends, people go, okay, now that we had the not very satisfying ending. So Plepler, you know where he went to? Apple. Last week, it was announced that he had signed with Apple to be there. Will he be the head of programming? 
Well, they already kind of have one of those, but I would be, if I was the head of programming now, I'd look over my shoulder. Because Plepler is the man when it comes to uh, product development for television. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Beyond Meat's down today. Interesting call. A downgrade based on valuation. Not a bad call. A little bit ahead of itself with some of the news. They're going into China. They've got relationships with McDonald's. Will that expand? Sometimes these companies need to grow into their valuation. So I'm not against that. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Congratulations, everyone. The markets are at all-time highs yet again today. Hopefully, you're benefiting from this show. I'm Rob Black.